Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. I want you to go with me to the book of John, chapter 3, today. The book of John, chapter 3. We're going to be walking through a very familiar passage of scripture for those that have been around church <clears throat> for any length of time. But I want, to, I want to stay a little while in this, moving in and out, unpacking some spiritual truths that I hope will help you today. John chapter 3, verse 1. And there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This was somebody. That's what the Bible is letting us know. This is somebody. This is a man of prominence and stature. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, I love how Jesus gets to the heart of the issue. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, or surely, surely, truly, truly, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. For that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. The wind, everybody say the wind, bloweth where it listeth where it wants to. And thou hearest the sound thereof, but cannot tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. My, my statement today, my message title today is my prayer. Holy Spirit, move me. Holy Spirit, move me. Hallelujah, as we pray. Can you make that your, your statement of prayer today? Oh, Lord, I pray. Your word is so true. If we hunger and thirst after righteousness, we shall be filled. I'm hungry for a move of your spirit. But I don't want just to move your spirit. I want your spirit to move me. Lord, I want your spirit to move me. We're going to give you the praise, Lord. I ask you, God, to help me today deliver your word to your people, Lord, with anointing, <clears throat> with clarity, and to you be all glory in Jesus' name. Let everybody say amen. amen. Holy Spirit, move me. You can be seated. <clears throat> the challenge for us humans is that we look at things through human perspective. 
we see things through our natural eyes. But it is difficult to see spiritual concepts through a natural mind. That's why a lot of people can read the word, but they don't get it because they're seeing it through a natural prism. The difficulty here is our difficulty, the same as, as Nick's difficulty. It's understanding the concepts of the Spirit of God and of the kingdom of God that are in the invisible realm, things that we do not see, things that we cannot taste, we cannot feel, but they are there anyway. Nicodemus said unto Jesus, how can a man be born when he is old? Jesus said, you must be born again to see the kingdom of God. And he says, can a man enter into his mother's womb the second time and be born? <clears throat> Jesus was describing a spiritual concept, but Nick, I want to call him Nick because I, I, I think that might just stick in your head a little bit quicker today. Nick was, was thinking naturally. Jesus was speaking spiritually, and uh, he was thinking naturally. So Jesus takes a, a, a natural process of birth to teach a spiritual concept of the kingdom. But for Nicodemus, he just simply said, how's that going to be? How's that possible? Uh, you know, how is that possible? In Romans chapter 8, we find that Paul talks about how that, uh, uh, in verse 5, but they that are after the flesh do mine or think of the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit are pursuing the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. You see what you're looking for. If you see it through carnal mind, he says, that is death. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Amen. He told the church at Corinth uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. You can talk to somebody that to your blue in the face about the things of God, but unless the Spirit reveals it to them, they're not going to gain that concept. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. If there's something that our generation needs than ever before, when I look around and I see things that are happening in our world, is spiritual discernment. Spiritual discernment. To be able to see things not through the eye of Hollywood, not through the eye of academia, not through the eye of media, not through the eye of social media, not through the eye of, of, of this world's pressure, but Lord, let me see through your spirit. Lord, let me see things through your spirit that I can find the revelation because it's hard to understand spiritual concepts when you're thinking with a natural mind. Not everybody gets it. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 10. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou in parables? Speaking to Jesus. Lord, why are you talking in stories? Why are you talking in parables? And he answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not 
given. For whosoever hath, to him hath he given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken away even that he hath. Why? Therefore I speak to them in parables, in parables because they seeing see not. And hearing, they hear not, neither do they understand. Amen. He's talking in parables so that somebody through the mind of the Spirit can see the lesson. He talked in parables so that somebody through the mind of the flesh would not understand it. Amen. I want to tell you today the reason the word of the Lord uses and employs symbols and types and, and various names uh, uh, is so that we can understand by digging spiritually, by asking for the spirit to move us into the word of God. We have been studying that, that the word of God came by God breathing. It is the inspired word of God. Well, I want to tell you we need more than just the breathed word of God. We need his spirit to breathe in us so that we can understand the spiritual concepts. How many of you have been ever reading and said, I don't get it, I don't understand it, I don't get it, I don't understand it, but all of a sudden the spirit blows upon you and you say, ah, I see that now. I get that now. The aim of symbols when it comes to the Holy Spirit is so we can discover the characteristics and the nature of how God moves in this earth today and how he manifests himself in the church today. For he looked at Nicodemus and says, uh, you know, how can a man be born when he is old? Jesus clarified it and he said, verily in verse John 3 and 5, verily, verily I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. New birth then is proof of kingdom citizenship with faith and belief we understand that it is important but faith alone is not enough to be born again for the devils believe in James 2 and 19 the devils believe but they're surely not born again demons believe that there's one God but they're not born again but who is born again it is those that have been conceived by the word of God you must be born again. And so, so Jesus is taking a natural, a natural event, new birth, but he's teaching a spiritual concept of new birth. So we as humans can get it. He talks on a human level so that we can understand spiritual concepts, but yet we still have to have the, the, the spiritual discernment to receive them because if we're just looking at it naturally, we'll ask as Nick did, can a, a man be born again? Is he going to go back into his mother's womb and be born again the second time? You don't understand, Nick. That's your dilemma. You're trying to put a, a natural pr a principle into application without a spiritual understanding. In 1 Peter 1 and verse 18, it tells us how we're conceived in the new birth. 1 Peter 1, 18, for as much as you know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold 
from your vain conversation received by the traditions of your fathers. What is he saying? Natural things don't birth spiritual things in your life. Amen. But it must come from, in verse 19, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained from the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times, who by him do believe in God. Faith is important. Somebody say, faith is important. That raised him from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God. Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. So he connects the moving of the spirit coming in as seed into the heart of an individual. And he says it's going to have an impact. You'll believe and you'll have faith and you'll have obedience and you'll have love. Look at verse 23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. What is that seed? By the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. If you allow the word of God to come into your heart, to come into your mind, to come into your soul, it will begin to germinate and it will begin to produce and you will become, as it were, pregnant with faith and faith begins to produce things in your life. It'll produce love. It'll produce joy. It'll produce hope. Amen. How is that happening? It is because the word of God is a seed that is alive. It's alive in you. Verse 24 says, For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man is the flower of grass. What happens to grass? It withereth, and the flower fadeth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. You and I who are born again are begotten by the word and the blood. We are begotten by the word and cleansed by the blood. The new birth begins when we come in contact with the word of God. And faith begins to spark within our heart. All spiritual experience, all spiritual experience has this process of word planted, faith produced, and then revelation comes to pass. John 1 and 1 proclaims that the word is God. Essentially then the road to salvation and the road to revelation begins with an encounter with the word of God. James 1 and 17 says every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the father of lights with whom no there with whom is no variables neither shadow of turning that means he's not one way one day and one way another listen to this of his own will begat begat he us with the word of truth does anybody want to shout does anybody want to just thank the lord for his word today he's begat us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creature, 
as creatures. The word begat by the word of truth means to give rise to, to give birth to, to cause to exist or to bring into being. Mr. Strong's in his interpretation and def definition of this Greek word says uh, begat means from the womb, from the womb. Faith rises when the seed of God takes root in our heart and it produces faith and faith produces obedience and obedience leads us to the place that God wants us to be. You see, the new birth is not just a, a, a cute language that church denominations use. It's not just simply a moment where I'm saying I raise my hand and follow the church, shake the preacher's hand, or sign my name to the roll. It's a new birth. Being born again isn't just being religious. It's not about switching denominations. It's not about, well, once I was this, but now I'm Pentecostal. It's not, I'm not, no. Cain was religious, and he he murdered his brother. The Pharisees of Jesus' day were extremely religious and Jesus called them snakes. New birth is not following a list of rules. It's not following regulations. It's not following standards. It's not following rituals. New birth is transformation. Transformation. Somebody say transformation. I'm talking a little bit about the new birth today, but that's not the depth of what I want to spend my time on. I want to lay the foundation of what Jesus talked about, about the life. Amen. In John chapter 3 and verse 3, Jesus again said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again. How is he born again? By the conceived word of God. He cannot see the kingdom of God. If you have any concept of faith, if anybody in this world has a concept of faith and can see the kingdom, that means somewhere in their life they come in contact with the word that planted it and gave them faith. Never discount anybody's faith. Never discount, I don't care where they go, who they are, what, what church they attend, never discount their faith because before you can be born again, you've got to be conceived. There's got to be a conception. The problem is that some people are still in the conception stage and they have not yet been born again Whew. help me Jesus in verse 4 Nicodemus saith unto him how can a man be born when he is old can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born Jesus answers this by saying verily verily I say unto thee except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter in the kingdom of God. Notice the distinction between verse 3, being born again, seeing the kingdom, and verse 5, being born again and entering to the kingdom. In just that statement, Jesus is saying life is valuable from conception to birth. Let's say it again. Life is valuable, sacred from conception to birth. But you want to be born. You want to be born again. <clears throat> Look at what Jesus goes on to say because still Nicodemus is a little hard-headed. And so Jesus is, is trying to help old Nick out, okay? John 3, verse 6. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. 
He's drawing the distinction between the natural and the spiritual, between the visible and the unvisible, between that which is uh, readily seen and that which is not seen. Somebody say amen. amen. Marvel not that I say unto you must be born again. Here's the thing. The wind bloweth where it listeth, where it wants to. And thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth, so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. When our family had the unique privilege of going to Ireland and staying in Ireland, there's a lot of wind that blows in Ireland all the time, wind or rain or something like that. But the thing that was crazy is that there was somewhere around the house where we were staying that whistled when it blew. It was a little disconcerting because it was loud. Y'all remember that? It's something like that. In that, how'd you like to hear that all day long? Look outside, you couldn't see a thing. You might look in, as far as the wind. You don't see anything. You can see the trees moving. You can see the grass moving. You can see the, the weeds blowing. You can see the evidence of it. And if you had hair, your hair might blow if you go out in it. But, you know, it's, you hear the sound. You see the impact of it. But you don't see where it comes from. And you don't see where it goes. So Jesus is saying that this is what it is like to be baptized, to be filled, amen, to be born again of the Spirit. He said, so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. So he unpacks a spiritual concept with a natural representation from going from new birth to now how the Spirit moves. And the Spirit moves like wind, wind when the word spirit in the greek phuma means something very interesting the spirit of god and also the spirit of man it means something very interesting it means a movement of air say that with me a movement of air it could be a blast a gentle breeze, or breath from nostrils. It is a movement of air. It speaks of the, the vital part of the body as being the spirit. The spirit, the human part of man that is the spirit, or the spirit of God. God is a spirit. You can't see him. I cannot see the spirit of God, yet he fills the universe. And he moves where he wants he blows where he wants. He blows to get something accomplished. He blows to move something from one place to another. He blows so that he can get his people, amen, from birth to maturity. So he blows in our life. And he comes along and he said, I want to move you from point A to point B. So if you're sensitive enough and if you have your cells set and if you have your heart set, I'm going to move you to where you ought to be. So it speaks about a movement of air. It speaks about the spirit of man and also the spirit of God, God's power and agency, amen, to be effectual in our life. It also means, that Greek word means, the disposition or influence which fills and governs the soul of anyone. So the wind blows. 
but it is determined by what you set your sails to. What influencing, what influences us and what governs us is what we set ourselves to receive. There's some wind that is not of God and wants to move us in different places. But we need to come become very sensitive to the wind of the Holy Spirit as he blows upon us, as he moves upon us to get to the place that we ought to be. The wind blows where it pleases. Somebody say amen. Anybody, rem I know Sister, Sister Pat can tell you stories. Anybody been in a tornado? Remembers tornadoes? Seen pictures of tornadoes? Seen damage of tornadoes? Tornadoes can move at hundreds of miles of air. Hundreds of miles of air. Hour. I can remember... I can remember when we had that tornado that come through and mainly went through Freetown. And I remember a story that all kinds of stories that we heard, heard stories of cows that were grazing in a field and the wind came and picked them up over power lines and set them down in another field and they just kept on grazing. Somebody say that's a move. I know the stories of, of, of houses where the roof is taken and separated from the walls to curtains blow over the top of the wall and then set down. So when it is done, there is curtains blowing at the very top of the building out, instead of out the window. I, I read about a straw that came through a car steering column a metal steering column, and stuck through. Evidently, the wind was so powerful, it changed the molecules of that metal to where that straw could go right through it. Y'all, that's powerful. I heard about a man that was uh, in UP, an, a UPS driver and in Tennessee, and a tornado came through uh, Savannah, Tennessee. And the pastor told us about a man that was in his big uh, delivery van. And when the tornado come, it put, picked up his van and literally blew him straight down the road and dropped him again, and he was still driving. It did it not only once, it did it to him three times, and the third time it put him in a ditch. I want to tell you, that's a move I don't want. But the concept is that wind can come at such force and do such incredibly dangerous and damaging things. But I read in the book of Acts chapter 2 that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, in verse 1, they were all with one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared in them cloven tongues like as a fire and it set upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. What happened is that the Spirit came in a mighty way, in a powerful way, in a great way, with a forceful way, not for damage, but rather for change. Can you imagine 120 been sitting there for days, praying and saying, okay, God, whatever you want, we want, whatever it is you said for us to wait 
and Terry Ford, that's what we got to have. And then all of a sudden, like a freight train, like a tornado coming through, they begin to hear the sound, the sound, the sound as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. The word rushing means something that moves, something that progresses, something that is carried along, something that is brought along, something that drives along, something that guides. It's a rushing. It guides along. It leads along it sustains it puts in place it demonstrates the reality of something so when the Holy Spirit come it came to move people from point A to point B to where God wanted them he moved them as it were from a dead heart to a living heart from faith to experience to a place where God's power was changing them transforming them like a mighty a forceful powerful wind a breath of life one writer said that the word wind here comes from the Greek word which describes wind so loud that one may be tempted to cover their ears from the overpowering noise of it this means that when the spirit was poured out it was no quiet affair it was a loud noisy and violent not violent in the terms of destruction, but rather it was strongly felt by those that were there. I want to tell you, I thank God for those moves. I thank God. Have you ever been in a move of God that came suddenly, powerfully, and it so changed your thinking that you went from being one thing to being another thing, thinking one way to thinking another thing? Amen. It might be the time you were baptized with the Holy Ghost yourself, and you begin to speak in tongues as they did in the book of Acts, and all of a sudden, your face changes, your complexion changes, your countenance changes, your attitude changes. All of a sudden, you're more powerful than you used to be. All of a sudden, you're like Peter, where before you were denying Christ, and now you're preaching about him to the masses. What is it? It's a move of the Holy Spirit. It's a move of the Holy Ghost. Can I just talk to you just for a little bit from my heart today? One thing we can never, never afford to do as a group of people is to say, oh God, we want you to move like we want you to move. Lord, if you get, there are churches today that are changing the way they worship because they don't want to upset anyone by their outward demonstration of worship. They don't want, there are churches today that used to believe in tongues and interpretation of tongues, but because it might hurt somebody's feeling let's take that out uh, believed in prophecy believed in the transformation power of being baptized with the holy ghost uh, their name may be pentecostal but they've decided i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna put our sails down i want to say to us let's put our sails up let's put our spirit up and lord when you move move us we want to learn to be sensitive not less sensitive to your spirit but more sensitive to your spirit we want to be sensitive to you oh god When you consider the power of the Holy Spirit working in the church, consider the power of the Holy Spirit working in creation. Genesis 1 and 2, And the earth was without form and void, and dark was upon the face, and the Spirit of God. Somebody say, the Spirit of God. It moved upon the face of the waters. The Spirit of God transformed 
creation from uh, uh, that which was without form and void and darkness and begin to illuminate and begin to shape and change by the spirit of God. Hallelujah. How many know that that same spirit is not talking about some mystic third part of a Godhead, but rather it is the spirit of God. It is the same spirit that overshadowed Jesus and he was conceived of a virgin Mary. It is the same spirit that Jesus said, I'll not leave you comfortless but I will come to you I will come to you it is the spirit of Jesus when we say Holy Ghost we're not talking about some kind of mystical uh, Casper out here that's going to come in and it's just the spirit of God it is the spirit of God I want to be moved by the spirit of God I want him to change me I want him to transform him I want to hear what do you have to say what do you have to say what do you have to say for this generation what do you have to say for me if the only time you're moved by the Spirit is at MPC service, you're missing your move. Because I believe God doesn't just speak to preachers. He doesn't just speak to pastors. He doesn't just speak to priests. He doesn't just speak to somebody that's supposed to be super guru spiritual. It's for everyone. Everyone. Amen. Just as man was created with the breath of life in Genesis 2 and 7, he was, man was created. God breathed into him the breath of life. Aren't you thankful God didn't do it in a rushing mighty wind? Just a breath. Just a breath. Jesus said to the disciples at one point in John, he said he breathed upon them and said, receive you the Holy Ghost. Receive you. What was he doing? He was prophetically talking about the time in Acts 2 when the rushing mighty wind would come. The Holy Spirit moves like the wind. But the thing of it is sometimes it's rushing powerful and sometimes it is God the question is how much wind does it take to move me how much wind does it take to move me do I have to have God come over and shove on me and push on me and hammer me before I'm willing to be obedient or is it just a breath I may talk more about this tonight, but I want to talk, tell you today, I need to be ready to be moved by just the breath of God. It doesn't take a great revelation. He doesn't have to hit me over the head. He doesn't have to explain everything about the heavenlies. It's just go, move, pray, get up, worship, simply breathe on me, Spirit of God. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for the rushing mighty wind times. I've had them. How about you? I've had those times where I'm standing back and like a, a, a tornado passing through, I'm, I'm flabbergasted by the evidence of his power. I'm blown away when I've watched him heal people. I've watched cancers go completely off somebody's neck. I've watched with my own eyes as legs grow out to the normal length. Oh my, that is fantastic. But can I be sensitive enough to the Holy Spirit that it doesn't take that to move me or it doesn't 
take a crisis for me to get on my face and cry out to the Spirit, speak to me. Amen. But let us be sensitive to the Holy Spirit throughout our day, throughout our life. Amen. On the job, while they're cussing around us and doing all kinds of things. Amen. Around, oh God, I love you today. Lord, would you speak to me? Would you speak to me? Help me know what to say. Help me know what to do. Let me have the right spirit, oh God. Let me be sensitive to you. Somebody say, move me. Even after the lesson of the new birth and the lesson of the wind, Nick still doesn't get it. In verse 9, Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? I want you to look very carefully. Now, Jesus has been dealing with Nick for a while, right? Look how Jesus answered him in verse 10. I'm putting that breath in because Jesus is taking a breath. Art thou a master of Israel and knowest not these things? Aren't you supposed to be smart? Aren't you supposed to be a, a Pharisee? Aren't you supposed to be a, 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 a high, highly educated in scriptures? Okay, let's try again. Barely. How many of you identified that? How many of us have been so hard-headed? We keep asking God questions. Lord, how can that be? Lord, what can that be? And it's almost like the Lord says, come on. I've told you this, and I've told you this time and time again, but yet he's gracious, and he says, we speak that we do know and testify that we have seen, and you receive not our witness. I've tried to tell you, but you're not seeing it. In verse 12, he says, If I had told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you of heavenly things? What he's saying is that you didn't understand my, my object lesson of the new birth. You didn't understand my object lesson of the spirit. How can I dump on you spiritual things? What he's saying is that I couldn't move you with Verse 3, I couldn't move you with verse 5. I can't move you with the understanding of the wind. How can I give you spiritual things? While we're waiting on God to unload on us the revelation and the mysteries of the heavenlies, he's saying, I tried to move you in verse 3 of your life. I tried to move you in verse 5 of your life. I tried to move you in verse 6 of your life, 7 and 8 of your life. I'm trying to move you all along, but I'll tell you what, you just can't get it yet. Amen. He said, and no man, listen to what he, what he goes on to. He says, no man hath ascended to heaven, but he that came down from heaven even the son of man which is in heaven so it's just like he goes from zero to a thousand he said i'm going to explain to you who i am amen you're not getting it but let me show you some mysteries of heaven i am right now jesus is saying right now i'm the one that came down and i'm the one that goes up and i'm the one that's in heaven right now if nick had a problem with being born again and the wind He's sure enough got a problem now. Jesus is saying, I'm here and I'm there all at the same time. But he didn't give him a chance to breathe. He said in verse 14, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. 
and that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. He's going into the plan now that God has for that new birth process. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So many people just take that verse and just pull it out without going back and reading the whole conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus. Amen. So they're taking it out of context when they think that that's the only thing you've got to do. But what he's doing is he's qualifying and explaining to him the revelation of the new birth and the moving of the spirit. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. And this is the condemnation that light, everybody say light, is coming to the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. For everyone, everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be man made manifest, that they are wrought in God. It's as if Jesus switches uh, uh, gears in, in, in typology, and he goes from the wind to the Spirit of God being the light, to him being the light. Hebrews 6 talks about those who have been enlightened by the Holy Ghost. The, the psalmist said in Psalm 43 uh, and 3, Oh, send out thy light and thy truth, and let them lead me. Let them bring me unto thy holy hill and to thy tabernacles. If there is a prayer... <clears throat> that we need to pray in this generation. It is, oh God, move me. Move me by the wind. Lord, oh, open up your light. Show me the way and I'll follow you. I don't have to have a great explanation if it's revelation. I can believe something. I may not explain it all right now, but I see it and I can believe it when the light is turned on. The light of the Spirit brings revelation. The Spirit is light. Send your light, Lord. Let it lead me. I'll walk in this light. I mean, I could see down the road real far, but I'll walk in what I have right now because it'll lead me to where I go. The problem is a lot of people get a little light and they make a, a camp around their little bit of light where they are. When the Lord says, I've got so much there for you, I want to see the glory of the Lord in his light. Lord, illuminate me. Illuminate my mind. Let my mind, oh God, see the revelation of who you are. I want to know the revelation of who you are. A lot of people today, the only move they have is what their pastor preaches to them. The only revelation they have is what the pastor preaches to them. I'm going to tell you, that's not the word of God. The word of God is the spirit is for everybody. 
everybody to have revelation. Now, it's going to line up with the word. If the pastor's preaching the word, it'll line up with the word. Somebody say amen. If you're studying the word, how many listened to Sister Gill just the other, other day talking about the sword of the spirit? It is the sword of the spirit is the word of God. It's a two-edged sword. There's a two-part process to this. It is the spirit of God and the word of God. They come together to bring revelation. I'm telling you today, if it's something you do not understand, sit down and read it and say, Oh, God, let your spirit re reveal this to me. Help me, Lord God, to see it. Amen. If you've never been born again of water and the spirit, I want to tell you that is the prerequisite to being sensitive and moving of the Holy Ghost is to let the spirit come along and lead us. Lead us. Jesus said in John 16, prophesying about the spirit coming, the comforter coming. In John 16 and 12, he says, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. Jesus isn't about worrying about feelings, is he? The Lord said to his disciples that was with him, I can't tell you everything because you wouldn't get it. You can't handle. You're not going to get it. It's too much. But listen to what he says. How be it? Ooh, how be it? Although, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he, he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. What is he saying? He's saying, on the upper room experience, go tarry until you be do, endued with power from on high because you can't handle everything now. But there's coming a day you're going to be able to handle it. There's coming a day you're going to be able to understand. But I'm going to let the Spirit breathe in you. I'm going to let the revelation breathe on you. I'm going to let the revelation turn his light of glory upon you. The Bible said, Paul said, that we are changed from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. It's not enough to be baptized with the Spirit. I still got to be moved by the Spirit. Amen. I was baptized with the Spirit at the boy as a boy of seven years old. But I want every day to be a day of God breathing. It may be like a rushing mighty wind, or it may be like a breath from heaven. Yeah. <sighs> Breathe on me. Breathe on me. Breathe on me, O breath of God. Breathe on me, O Spirit of God. Show me your ways. Teach me your truth. Send out your light and truth and let it lead me, Lord. Romans 8 and 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. The ultimate purpose of God in your life in the New Testament and for me, is to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, to be a son of God, to be like Jesus, to be like Jesus. I know the word Christian has been crucified, torn up, belittled, but that's exactly what God wants us to be, Christians. 
Christians, true Christians, are those that are sensitive to the breathing of the Holy Spirit. Go right, go left, go ahead. I've heard stories of churches in, in communist countries like China. Their entire churches know that if they meet, they could be persecuted, put in prison, and even killed. But what they do is they pray, Lord, what would you have us to do today? Where would you have us go today? And the Lord would speak to this one and tell them to go such such place and speak to another and, and go into such and such place until when they get there, there's a body of believers that have come to worship the Lord. Amen. Oh, should we not be as sensitive to the Holy Ghost today? Should we not be as sensitive to the Spirit of the Lord as he's leading us in this place that we live oh lord lead me today help me to get up every morning and say god your breath is going to be in my sails today your breath is going to be what leads me alone today oh god i don't want to do it by my flesh and by my mind and by my will his ways the bible says are not my ways and his thoughts are not my thoughts so i need the spirit to breathe in my cells and move me move me move me Move me. As a matter of fact, the word where it says that every scripture is inspired by God. We talked about it being God breathed is theos and breath. Theos and breath. It's God's breath that blew it. When God speaks to us, it's not just his word. It's his spirit that comes along and through this sets our sails. Stand with me, please. God, move me. Let me tell you about Danny. A man we pastored in another location. Let me tell you about Danny. Danny had a hard time living for God. He was on the road trucker, and he just, it's like he could never get where he needed to be with God. He was constantly having problems, constantly having issues. Back in the day when we used cassettes, anybody remember them? Man, that's only been a few years ago. Now they're about obsolete. He got a cassette of one of the messages that we preached on a Sunday morning. He put it in his truck as he's going right down the road. All of a sudden, he had enough faith to set a little bit of his sails. And God began to speak to him. And Danny pulled off to the side of the road with his big rig. Pulled off to the side of the road. Went around by the right front tire. Knelt down and began to pray. And he said, oh God, I need you. Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. I want you. And at that moment, as vehicles were passing by, Danny lifted up his hands and the Holy Ghost came upon him and he was baptized with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. There was no choir singing. There was no preacher preaching as it were. There's nothing but it's just uh, I'm setting my faith. I'm setting my sails. Oh God, I believe you. Hallelujah. He was moved in that moment. Moved in that moment. Lord, move me. Lord, speak to me. 
Lord, convict me. Lord, convict me. Lord, challenge me. Lord, lead me. Lord, I want you to lead me. Are you feeling that call today? Are you feeling that in your spirit today? You want the Lord to just breathe on you? Amen. You may be afraid of a mighty rushing wind. Don't be afraid. It's not to destroy you, but it's rather to change you, to transform you by the power of the Spirit. Amen. If you're hungry today for a, an encounter with God, would you come to the front here and let's pray for a little while and let's ask God, Lord, speak to me. Lord, breathe on me. Lord, I pray for your Spirit to just come into my sails. Set my course, Lord. Oh, you blow you blow me, Lord, where you want. You move me where you want. Thank you for joining us today. We pray you have been encouraged. If you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church, you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com. Saturday.